This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest listening to us, hopefully watching us to us again. It's November now, we're back in, we got a little better connection on the stream, so hopefully you're going to be able to see us this week as well, but it's College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Paul Hornstein live on Long Island, late night live. Uh, I made him go a little later tonight, folks, so if he's not quite as uh, as chipper, you'll know why, and if he's he really chipper and not quite as ranting, you'll know why as well. So, Paul, welcome in. Thank you, Scott. Uh, we are always chipper when it comes time <laughs> to talking ASU hockey. Um, and I don't understand what you're talking about rants because oh. I don't have any of those. I never have any of those. I'm very calm, cool, and collected. (laughs) Glad we got the video back so people can see these facial expressions. I got a bridge, too. Uh, You might be interested in um, if you buy that whole not ranting thing. Okay. Well, a couple of of things I want to throw out there before we get started. And not really to get on the rant right off the get-go. No, we'll we'll save it. But we'll talk about a couple of things that I think need to be mentioned again. Um, I think maybe the guys' weekend sweep over Quinnipiac reignited the fan base a little bit. I was a little worried because when you have a 900-seat arena and you're putting out the fact that you have tickets available still on game night, Friday night and Saturday night, I'm a little worried, okay, because – couple of things. Everybody in college hockey knows that the arena is 900 seats. So if you're saying that you have seats available, that's not a good look. Secondly, from my perspective, if if you're offering three seats, that's really not a good look because if people are going, you know, if you're if you're from Minnesota or North Dakota where you got 11,000 seats and you're going like, "Hey, ASU is offering they're offering three remaining seats." I mean, it, it sounds like you're talking about a peewee tournament in uh, in Ontario or something. Well, this is just going to keep coming up. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. But at the same time, because they have limited number of seats for students, they're turning right. students away. Sure. And there was so, a line of students on Saturday night, by the way, about a uh, half hour before the doors opened. There was a line of couple hundred students you're going to get them and you know we've been over this the last couple of weeks and it's not going to change till you say something so um and you know i don't we we can go for hours and hours and hours talking about this but that's just the fact it's not going to change until until you say something that at least people know but and on that same note i don't want to get into it too heavily at the moment but uh the same note, we still have no updates as far as, as of today, as far as what's going on for Irvine, California. I don't have any ticket information I, I, I to throw just, out I there. Don't. I don't have any of that information. So I just want people out there to know that we're, we're doing, we're asking the questions, we're doing what we can, but we clearly don't know what's going on. It, 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 and it makes no sense. Um, no. You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not there to ask the questions personally. I just know from the outsider's perspective what's going to happen and what's going to happen uh, if somebody doesn't take charge of this is that ASU is going to be the school that looks bad. No one's going to blame Harvard, even though it's their home games. Yep. And they set this up. No one's going to blame Harvard. And Harvard's going to be like, not me. I had nothing to do with this. Right. So that's all I'm saying. And – we, we we could get into we could get into this every week too, uh, <laughs> if we're not going to turn people off uh, by doing this. But it's just it's just gonna, like I said, it's going to be ASU is the one that's going to look bad, and you know they're trying at least theoretically to convince other schools in the conference to add the sport. It's not going to work this way. No, no, <laughs> not well, going to work um, this. A couple of things we'll, we'll end on this little part of it. We'll say that Coach Powers did once again reiterate the fact that 
he's looking forward. I asked him point blank about the fan support this weekend, and he was very happy with it. And he said, I can't wait till they have the opportunity to play in the building, the new building, and the fans are able to come out and watch them play in the new building. So he's still holding the line on that. Um, right wouldn't or wrong, expect whatever. anything else. No, you wouldn't. But, I mean, I'm just saying that he's still saying it. So, okay, let's move on to what happened on the ice. Quinnipiac right. um, came to town. I right. thought Quinnipiac gave out a furious final five minutes in the opening game where they were pulling their goalie with less, just under five minutes to go and playing sometimes six on three, sometimes five on three. They were doing everything they could. And credit to ASU, they held on and they found a way to block some shots and to keep the fuck out of the net and get that win Friday night. I thought that Quinnipiac was going to come back Saturday. And I, I told everybody in the press box, I said, watch your first five minutes because they're going to come out like they finished Friday night. Boy, I could not have been more wrong. They were, they were, just, they were just emotionless. They, had not, they were just going simply through the motions of the game and not playing with any heart. Well, let's put it this way. At least I got to see the first five minutes of Saturday night's game. Okay? We're not going to talk about the first five minutes of Friday night's game where uh, Quinnipiac came out, theoretically. I don't know this because I didn't see it, Mr. Reader, who had a month to figure this out. Um, Quinnipiac came out really strong. Uh, in the first period on Friday night, got maybe seven or eight of the first ten shots in, in, in the game. Um, and, you know, um, ASU managed to uh, withhold or or hold off Quinnipiac in that, uh, in that, in that first period of the first game. Uh, they got themselves a goal, you know, a uh, uh, you know, it was, um, I believe it was um, uh, Lemieux or uh, actually it was Genuine to Lemieux uh, yes. for that yep. uh, first goal on Friday night. Um, I did get to see some video of it afterwards. Um, <laughs> and ASU took an early lead. Um, but really, I think that game came down to that five-minute major penalty that uh, yep. Demetrius Kumanzis uh, got uh, called for at the end of the first period. And, Did you see uh, that? Um, oh, no, I didn't get to see that either. <laughs> anyway, we, we had a little dispute about that. Uh, Coach thought it could have gone the other way, but then when he looked at it closer, he told us in the press conference that the reason it was called a major was because Demetrius definitely had his hand on his back from about the circle. And had he let that hand go, and really what what brought the kid down was not the force of the hit, but their legs got tangled up. That happens. And, and yeah, and that might have not been the penalty, but because his hands were still on the back, that's why they called it a five-minute major, and that was the explanation that Coach Powers gave us. So, You know, it, uh, it, you know here's the thing, Paul. It, it was a five-minute major, and they lost to Meteor's Coleman's East, but to me, that was a turning point of the entire weekend. Oh. Yeah, and maybe well, for the entire killed, season. They, they, they. Well, that e, 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 easy, big boy, easy. Entire <laughs> season. We're only a few weeks in. Uh, I but, know, but listen, listen but, to my point. But it, it was definitely a turning point in the game. Uh, they killed off the penalty. Um, they, they, they got a, a big goal after the penalty from Jacob Wilson, uh, and that was one of uh, a couple of goals he got this weekend. Uh, so, who, who, by the way, was very good all the way around. Yeah, so good uh, that he got put on the point on the second power play. Yeah, well, and then you know Friday night, uh, ASU got three goals from their defensemen, yeah. so they were able to overcome the the, the loss of Kumanzis. Uh, Coach Powers shoveled or shuffled the lines around to make up for it. Um, put PJ Morocco uh, up with. Uh, James Sanchez and Johnny Walker and actually took Connor Stewart and moved him up to a forward, uh, put him on that fourth line with Steen Pashnik and, and Dominic Garcia. And I thought Stewart played pretty well in that game. Uh, well, well, you know. and, and 
I said that too in the press box. I, everybody was trying to speculate who was going to move up. I said it's going to be the extra defenseman, Connor Stewart. They're going to move him up because he he has played a lot of forward growing up, and as Powers said, he's actually spent more time at forward in his in his pre-college days than he has at defense. So he had no reservations at all about moving him up there. But here's my point on on Demetrius going out. The, the, the change that was made by Demetrius going out was he moved P.J., as you mentioned, up to that first line. And P.J. gave that first line what they needed, that they needed a guy that could fly, get into the corners, and create some havoc and give those guys a little extra room. And it worked. I mean, yeah, P.J. is our pitchfork profile this week, and he'll, he'll mention that too when we, when we talk to him a little bit here. But... Um, it, so I think what happened was that was a plus, and then Saturday night they kept that same line combination, but they put Demetrius in the middle, centering the second line, and Coach Powers agrees that maybe that's Demetrius' spot. Maybe he should stay in the middle and and let him. So I'm guessing that in uh, Alaska this weekend you're going to see uh, that same line combination. Uh, you probably will. Uh, you, coaches don't necessarily like to make changes uh, when you're playing well. I know well. he doesn't in goal. <laughs> well, he hasn't done it yet, and we'll get to that story uh, in a little bit. Um, but Friday night I thought was good for ASU in a bunch of different ways. Uh, first of all, Logan Genuine got two goals uh, yeah. on, on Friday, um, and you, you may not have seen it as Friday night went on, but it, I think that definitely had a major effect on how he played on Saturday night. He oh, played no much doubt. more confident. You saw him no actually calling for the puck uh, yes. in the offensive zone, which is something you hadn't seen yet. Um, you know, when a goal scorer gets confident, it, it's it's usually pretty easy to see. Um, at at a certain point in the third period, Quinnipiac had cut that Friday lead to three to two. Uh, and ASU came right back and got uh, a, a goal from Jack Judson, his first NCAA goal, and that made the lead once again 4-2. to two. Um, And that pretty much put the kibosh on any uh, Quinnipiac momentum. Uh, their goalie had played well. Petrozelli had kept them in the game. Then they switched. Yeah. The goalies, I don't Go I figure. Have no idea why. None uh, of us do. Not that, not that I'm going to question Grant Pecknell. But, um, you know, their other goalie, uh, Fear, uh, also played well in the third period, kept Quinnipiac in the game. Uh, when they got that shorthanded goal to make it 3-2, to two, you started to get a little of that edgy feeling until Judson uh, got his first goal, and then they got a big insurance goal from Genuine for his second goal in the game. Um, and, of course... Uh, coach was a thousand percent right on Friday night after they won the game, uh, saying that if they didn't win on Saturday, uh, Friday wasn't going to make a whole lot of difference. Because as we've said here from week one, uh, that opening night loss to Mercyhurst is not something that uh, is going to make them happy and hopefully not have to chase completely for the whole year. Uh, and they're going to have to win some games that we probably wouldn't realistically expect them to win. But sweeping Quinnipiac this weekend helps counterbalance that a little bit, as we'll get to later well, on. So that right. was Friday night. Well, let me tell you, basically what this weekend did was the pollsters think they're only worth 28 volts, which I think is a joke. Uh, pairwise, Don't though, Don't pairwise care. moved them up to 14. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to go through this one more point. I got to make this point. Okay. Here's the here's the thing with polls, right? I don't care, you don't care, nobody cares except the rest of NCAA hockey, and here's why: because ASU has a reputation now of being a big, physical, quote unquote, dirty hockey team, and it doesn't matter really if the other teams think that. It doesn't matter if the other coaches think that. It doesn't matter if the other fans think that. But you know who else thinks that? The officials. And they don't get any calls anywhere, including in their own building, because every time an ASU player gets close to anything that's a penalty, 
Uh, there, there was a cross check, and, and it should have been a boarding, and it should have been a check from behind, not a cross check. That was called Friday or Saturday. I can't remember which night against Quinnipiac, and it was a clear boarding, checking behind, whatever you want to call. They gave it a minor penalty. It was the exact same hit that they gave Demetrius Comanzis a five and a game. So that's what I'm telling you. Well, the problem with it is, is that their image right now, you talk about yeah, their image without the arena, their image on the ice right now stinks. Yeah, it's but awful. the polls aren't going to change that. The polls oh, yeah, aren't going to change. No, they're not. Because oh. they, they had the polls where they were in the top 20 last year, and that didn't change anything. No, but okay. they, but the respect, when they, when they went into Minnesota, ranked where they were last year at the end of the season, they came in as a team. I mean, Minnesota treated them like it was a national championship game. That's the best Minnesota had played all season long because they respected what they saw coming in, and they wanted to prove that they were better than the number 12 team or whatever ASU was at the time. I don't recall. but So, anyway, it's an image thing. It's, we're yeah, talking. You know what helps that image? Winning. Stay, winning. See? So, if you get. But here's the problem. If you continually are playing at a disadvantage with major penalties, like you did in Mankato, like you did in Air Force, like you did against Quinnipiac, if you have five-minute majors and game misconducts where you're losing Demetrius Comanzis and you're losing Steen Pashnik, and you're, you know, I mean, you're losing Jacob Wilson, you're losing guys like that. You eventually, it's going to catch up to you, and you're going to lose a game. Listen, I, I yeah. understand that. Um, uh, Anyway, not that I want to, not that I want to bring the NHL into this because I had a four nothing, I had a four <laughs> four and weekend with my right. hockey teams. Okay, but if you check the power play statistics in the NHL, the hottest team in the league is barely averaging over one power play a game. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to talk about not getting respect from the officials, okay. Um, yeah. And right well, now, I'm just, I'm just saying right now that with ASU, their image is very bad. It, just as bad wait, as, baby. Just as bad wait. As, I know, but as bad as you think it is with no arena, no arena announcement, it's equally as bad on the ice right now. When they show up in in Wisconsin, for example, they're going to be up against the officiating. If they were to play North Dakota at North Dakota, they're going to have to fight officiating. Yeah, but so does every team that goes into those buildings. No, not like ASU. No. Well, listen, no, you think no, no. you think if you, if you a- go ASU to Angle, got it. ASU got it at their own building. Well, but if you uh, ha- you've seen enough North Dakota games, how many teams go in there and get any calls? Uh, yeah, I know, but uh, but they how don't get five. Go- See, here's the thing that I'm saying is these five minute majors are what's going to kill them because a team, if you take Brinson Pashnuk for example, if he gets a five minute major. That is a big, big problem. If Josh Maniscalco gets a five-minute major, that's a big, big problem because those are your mainstays. You can't have those guys sitting in the box. And if more than that, if they get a game and you lose them for the entire game like they lost Demetrius, they, they were fortunate that they yeah. didn't have more of a downfall when they lost Demetrius. If that had been Brinson or Josh, it may have been a different outcome on Friday night. So that's what I'm saying is you can't, you know, and right now, Coach Powers has them on a leash. It's like, hey, and you can hear it. As soon as there's any kind of scuffle around the net, it's like, you guys get the heck out of there. He well, uses a that, different word. but see, To me, that's more of an issue. Yeah, than... but I think that's cleaned up right now. I think I don't think they're, they're doing you, you, that. They're... You need more than two weekends in order to clear that up. Yeah, but I think they started then. How about that? Let's say they okay, started. started? I'll give you that. But it's going right. to take more than two weekends to clear that up. You want to talk about Saturday night's game now? Yeah, let's get to it quick. Okay, well, Saturday night was probably the best game that they played in a while. I'm trying to think of any game that last year that they might have played better in than uh, than, than this game that they played in on Saturday night. Um, despite the fact that... Uh, they sent another guy early to the box. Still, way too many penalties. Um, you know, I think that uh, for the most part they played a pretty complete game, and 
you know, the second period was a parade of penalties where we have three different four-on-fours. Um, yep. You know, um, that, that's just crazy. Um, and you got scoring from the first line on Saturday, which is a good thing because you didn't get it on Saturday and you got goals from five different players on, uh, on, on Friday night or four different players, and none of them were on that first line. Uh, right. James Sanchez got, but that's what it takes to win. Right. That's what it takes to win. You got the balanced scoring on on Friday night because you got three goals from your defenseman and two goals from the second line. And then on Saturday night, you got the goals basically uh, from your top line. Uh, you know, they got uh, two big goals. Um, they got, a, I, th- I think they got a four on four goal, if I'm not mistaken. And Jacob Wilson got another one. And uh, our pitchfork profile uh, this week, uh, PJ <laughs> Morocco. Uh, if you look at that goal again, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, um, it was a very impressive goal. You know, he beat <laughs> at least one guy to a loose puck in center ice. Uh, went down the left side and fired a bullet past uh, Petrozelli in a Quinnipiac goal, and that was uh, yeah, Pe- pretty Petrozelli much an icebreaker. No, and it was pretty much an icebreaker. You know, at that point, the you know any thoughts that Quinnipiac might have had of coming back were done. It was it was a beauty. It was uh, penalty killing uh, of of the ultimate kind there, and. Uh, and you'll hear from, from BJ, because I asked him about that goal, and he said he scored that a few times in juniors. <laughs> he hadn't done it a lot in uh, in NCAA hockey, but he was surprised. He thought that the defenseman was going to try to cut him off, and he was going to have to fend him off and maybe take the puck behind the net when he said when he realized he could beat him. But let me throw you two tidbits from uh, Saturday night, what I saw okay. being uh, above the bench. Um, I saw a Quinnipiac team that that if I was, and I made this comment to a lot of guys in the press box, I said, I don't want to be at that Quinnipiac practice this week because that effort Saturday night was pathetic. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, well, so how, much of it was, how much of it was well, Quinnipiac not playing how, well and how do you ASU know? taking them to it? Taking how do you know? You, know no. you can't really tell. Right. But the other thing that I saw ASU do, which they did not do Friday, and quite frankly they haven't done in the four and a half years of their program, is pick up the third forward coming in. And I can't tell you how well they did that Saturday night. They had no chances. And and Quinnipiac couldn't adjust. They're used to that third guy getting the puck, and ASU covered them like a blanket. All game long, they had no chance. So, you know what? Uh, today they worked on the, on the special team stuff for a big ice sheet, and a lot of that was blanketing that third guy in and working on the power play and blanketing that guy that was on the off wing. So I think they got it. They understand what they need to do, and and they're ready to go up to Alaska Fairbanks and do some damage. Um, we're going to get to Coach Powers here in just a minute, I promise, because we've rambled on for quite a while. Um, wow. <laughs> but um, we'll talk a little bit about Alaska Fairbanks, five and five. You want to talk about them before one? or after the coach? Uh, let's talk about right now so we can leave okay. the well. Well, let's talk about that after. We'll get into yeah. the coach. But I want to preface the coach by saying Saturday night was not all smiles in that locker room. And I, the reason I say that was backup goaltender Justin Robbins got his pinky finger um, caught in the door Ugh. as they were trying to get guys on and off the ice during the shift change. Um, I sat right above it. I didn't see it happen. I just saw the aftermath. And credit to CJ, the trainer. He did a great job of getting over there and getting him off the ice. I mean, he hadn't even gotten him off the bench, and he was calling for an EMT. Uh, There was a doctor. The team doctor was in the building as well. So he attended to him right away. Coach Powers gave us an update. It'll come now that uh, Justin did have surgery this morning. He did lose part of his little finger, uh, I believe, at the knuckle. Um, Coach Powers says he's going to recover. He's going to be back to where he's supposed to be. I thought one of the interesting things, and you'll hear him say it for himself, is that just the, the most disappointing, in addition to the pain, obviously, and the injury, was the fact that Coach Powers' words were he was one bounce away from getting his first start 
Yeah, I, honestly, NCAA hockey. Honestly, I I thought he would have gotten it by now. I, yep. I he was uh, close. Well, Coach Powers told me this off camera. He said, "I can't take the Bauer out until he gives me a reason to," and he hasn't given me a reason to in four weeks or in four games. So, so he rides him. That's what he did with Joey. I know he's gonna, he's going to ride with the Brower until he gives him a reason to come out, or that the team dominates somebody so bad that he can take him out. But anyway, so let's get into Coach Powers. Let's let him tell us a little bit about on the five minute Powers play and talk a little bit about Alaska Fairbanks. What he expects on that trip up there, and you and I will come back and talk about Fairbanks and what they can expect this weekend. Then we'll come back with our pitchfork profile, which is this week PJ Morocco, the Edmonton native, and. Uh, uh, PJ's always a great guest. He's always smiling. I joked with him. I said, you're smiling still like you were Saturday night. I said, does that smile ever go away? So, uh, okay, let's take a break. Let's come back with Coach Powers and the five-minute Powers play. Welcome in, hockey fans in Desert Southwest. It's back for another five-minute Powers play with Coach Craig Powers at Arizona State University. Coach, uh, a big win, a big weekend series for you. Let's uh, let's recap Quinnipiac and what you guys did to them, and and uh, what you thought you were going to do to them. You know, I I mean I I don't know. We we had hoped obviously that that the the results would be the results, but um, our guys just they just executed. They they played. We played to our potential. Um, we executed how we want to play. We want we want to be a, a tough to play against. Um, you know, puck moving team where our D are joining the rush and they're active and, um, you know, five man offense, a fun team to watch essentially. And I think we were a really fun team to watch this weekend. Um, and, uh, it, you know, Friday was good. Saturday was even better. And now we have to continue to execute at this level. And if we do, um, we're going to continue to win a lot of games. You know, I, I noticed on Friday night, it looked like the uh, the third forward in was causing you a few problems. And then all of a sudden, Friday night or Saturday night, you eliminated that completely and you gave them virtually no good scoring chances. Yeah, I mean, we, we defended really well um, Saturday, but I, I think I think more more than anything, we just we controlled possession. Right. So they didn't have the puck a ton on Saturday. And if, if they don't have the puck, they can't do anything with it. So. Um, we were good at possessing the puck and keeping it and making the right plays and knowing when not to force things. Um, I thought, I thought our, just our general puck movement and transition was really good all weekend. Um, and again, we, 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 were, we were adamant about our D joining rushes and getting involved offensively and, and, and running five-man cycles. And, um, and we did that, and, and some D scored some really nice goals for us. Um, and uh, it was a good weekend. Speaking of defensive scoring, talk to us a little bit about uh, Jacob Wilson and how much he's meant to your program when he came back. Well, he's 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 a great player. He's a great kid. He's a leader. He's that's why he's a captain. Um, he just does everything. He, he's a, he's a he's a true two way kid. Um, you know, we got him on a second power play right now because he's just confident and buzzing, and he, his leadership is really valuable on that young unit. Um, and, and he's 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 our he's our glue. He's our glue to our team. He, he he's he's our vocal leader on the bench. He's our vocal leader in the room. Um, and not having him in the tournament last year was 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 a big 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 loss. Okay, so we talk about defensive core, but we also got some offensive prowess that was really sneaking up, I think, on people again. P.J. Morocco showed his speed and his determination, and you know, you were forced to make a change when you lost Demetrius early on Friday night, but what did P.J. bring to that top line? Well, P uh, the nice thing about P.J. is that he's, he, he's a rare breed today where he can play up and down a lineup. You know, he, he, you can put him on the fourth line, he'll be effective, third line effective, and then we can throw him up there on the first line. And he did it for five periods, and he had two assists and a goal. You know, and and um, because the kid can score, like he can he can flat out score, and and so um, he he's a really valuable asset. You know, you can throw him on a power play, and he can be effective, and he's doing really well on a kill. Had a great shorthand and goal. So he's just he's a kid that everything is his success. Um, as a hockey player is predicated in, in, in his legs. When he's got his legs going and he's, he's flying up and down the ice like he was this weekend, he's a really, really good player for us. And, and uh, he can't be denied ice time. When he's not moving his legs, he's a smaller kid and he can tend to get swallowed up. And that's where he you know, ran into some trouble as, as a young player in his first year and a half. But he's figured it out. He's in better shape than he's ever been in. His speed and his strength are, are, are better than they've ever been. Um, and he put that on display this weekend. 
Okay, the trip now is up to Alaska. Uh, Alaska Fairbanks coming in at uh, five and five this this season, early. But they played some really quality opponents and played very well against some quality opponents. So, what do you uh, expect out of them? They're they're good. They're big. They're fast. Um, they're hard to play against. Um, you know, and and they're balanced. They have you know they play they they use depth and and they're they're a really good team. You, you they beat Penn State at Penn State. They swept. Michigan Tech on the road. They just beat Saturday night a really good Bemidji State team. So um, this isn't the team that we saw last year when, when we had them on Oceanside. They're they're a better team. They have more of a veteran presence. You know, Eric Largan's done a great job up there. Um, you know, and and he's kind of put his stamp and and built the culture there the way he's wanted to to build it. And they're going to be really good this weekend. So our guys are going to have to be ready. You've played on the big ice sheet several times now. Is there more of an adjustment uh, now, or is it something that you guys just fill in with? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of adjustment, but but you know, historically we've been better on it than than not. I mean, we we weren't good at Minnesota, and we don't even need to get into that. But um, but you know, I mean, we we've played at UMass, UNH. Um, we played up 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 in, in Alaska and Anchorage on an Olympic sheet and won, and we we won some games on Olympic sheets. So um, I think our guys enjoy the the extra time and space. There's some things defensively that we we've, we've made them aware of, and um, and on the kill we we we, we uh, went over some stuff today and some adjustments that need to be made. But we're not too concerned about it. We're going to enjoy the extra time and space to make plays. All right, on the injury front, uh, Jax Murray's coming along great. Max Balanson, things still going along good with Max? Yeah, he's healthy. We just got a deep decor back there, and there's yeah. no reason to make any changes. Those um, those guys that are playing are, are really good, and, and Stu's been great for us when he's been in, and he played a little up front on Friday, and there's just right now there's just no room to, to get him in. All right, and then, of course, the one unfortunate incident was uh, the loss of jo uh, Justin Robbins on the bench of all places. But have you ever seen anything like that happen? No, I've never seen anything like that happen. It was a freak accident. We feel terrible for Justin. He, he, he went through surgery yesterday. He's going to be out for a while. Um, but uh, he, he'll have full function of his finger and his hand, and he'll be back and, and stronger than ever. So we'll, uh, we'll miss him. Um, because he, he was playing really well practice. Yes. Like he was playing really well. He, he was, he was a, a bounce away from getting his first start, and, and he knows that, and that's what's kind of heartbreaking with it. But, um, but he, he's, he's a freshman, and, and maybe we'll apply and try and get him a medical red shirt and keep him around another year, and we'll get him through it. we gotta, we got to just get him through it. It, 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 was, a, it was a really unfortunate uh, mistake. You know, for, for people that don't know, it was a finger, right? I mean, he got it in the door jam, basically? Yeah, he was on the bench. His, his glove was off, and, and his finger got caught in, in the door on the bench, and, and, and it uh, severely injured his, his, the top of his, his right pinky finger. So um, he went through surgery. Again, he's going to have full function of it. Um, you know, he's got to go through some rehab and, and some physical therapy and all that good stuff. But um, he'll be back, and, and, uh, and his spirits are actually pretty high. You know, my seat in the press box is right above it. I didn't even realize what had happened until it happened. But talk a little bit about the importance of CJ and the EMTs here at Oceanside and the, the great job they did, because that could have been a pretty serious injury, worse than it was, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the nice thing. At home, we, we were very well taken care of with a lot of EMTs on call. Or obviously, Dr. Puckowitz was here, and he got right in on it, and CJ acted quickly and um, aggressively to get Justin the treatment that he needed. And then we... We took him right to the hospital, and, and, and he, he, he's, he's okay. All right, I want to wrap things up by just talking about the home fans again. The, the students were fantastic. They came out for their, uh, their sweatshirt, jerseys, whatever we want to call them at the China. So talk a little bit about 942 Crew and what they mean to your program. It's great. You know, we, we, uh, we love playing here. You know, I mean, I say it all the time, and, and, and now we, we, you know, we, we get – Crowds are into the game. It's a it's a nice, fun atmosphere. It's a different atmosphere than 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 you know what teams that uh, come and visit us experience when they go on the road other places, and they like it. They're well taken care of. They got a nice room in the back. The club team um, cleans out their room, and, and Tate lets our visiting teams use their facility, which is one. It's one of the nicer ones that 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 you'll see. I mean, there's places we go where it's 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 like getting dressed in here, and and. Um, you know, so so we treat the visiting teams here very well, um, and, uh, and and our fans are, are getting into it, and and they mean a lot to us, and um, we're doing a great job building affinity here in the small building and demand, and 
when we get into that new one, it's going to be it's going to be special. Okay, so it's up to Alaska. Then you got a couple of weeks off again, kind of a quirky type of schedule, but um, you do what you do, right? You do what you do with the with the roster. You play the games when you can. So how important is is winning two up there and then coming back and getting a little more time off before? Uh, Denver comes to town. It's really important. It's like I, I told our guys Saturday before the game that the win Friday meant nothing unless we got Saturday. Like it literally meant nothing. You know, a wash last weekend, it, it wouldn't have done anything for us. Um, and, and life is all about validating your success. That's how you find sustainable success is you have to validate everything that you do. And, and a sweep against Quinnipiac, it's not going to mean anything if we don't go up there and take care of business, especially heading into a two-week break. So um, our guys, are they had a really, really good practice again today. Um, they're, they're dialed in. They're having fun, which is what we want. Um, and, and they're really coming together. So, again, I, I expected what, what everyone saw last week, and I expect a really good effort on Friday this week. Coach, appreciate your time as always. I think you're just scratching the surface. You know how good this team can be, and I think we're all getting a taste of it right now. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. All right, Paul Hornison, you heard the coach. We went about 10 minutes today. We uh, we did a uh, two major penalties. For, yeah. <laughs> for, for two Coach major. Uh, yeah, there you go. 10-minute misconduct. Yeah. <laughs> your, your thoughts on Coach Powers and the five-minute power sport? Well, I, let's say this. Uh, the coach is 1,000% right. Uh, Friday's game didn't mean anything if they didn't win on Saturday. And... The, the sweep this past weekend doesn't mean anything if they don't take care of business uh, next weekend at Alaska. And, you know, a lot of times when the coach will talk about other teams, every team's a good team. No team is a bad team. Coach is not going to put the bulletin board material up. Uh, ASU is 3-0 and lifetime against Alaska, including an October 10th of 2015 victory for the mm -hmm. first win in school history. Um, a couple of years later, they beat him twice uh, in Tempe. Um, I but don't know. Here, it, here comes your bulletin board material now. Now you gave them something to go after at the first win. Came you think they don't know this? <laughs> you think they don't know this? <laughs> okay, but, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but this team is has played more solid than they were expected to at the beginning of the year. Uh, I don't think you would have found anybody to say that they would be five and five uh, after their first 10 games of the season, uh, including sweeping, uh, sweeping, sweeping Michigan tech at Michigan tech, right. uh, beating Bemidji on Saturday night, even though they were badly outshot. Um, and they went to Penn state and won. Yeah. So, and, and they played the Denver team pretty darn tough as well. Okay, so this is uh, – they don't get a lot of goals, uh, but their goalie, Anton Markinson, who is their number one goalie, even though they really split the season uh, with two goalies, uh, Martinson is their, big, is their big goalie. He's got a 9.33 save percentage, a 2.15 goals against average. So uh, – this guy can play, and he basically put a brick wall up against Bemidji on Saturday night. I was watching that game after uh, the ASU game ended, um, and those guys were diving all over the place to block shots and block pucks. Um, this is a very, very dangerous team. A team, by the way, that's 16th in the pairwise. Yeah. Okay. I was waiting for that to come um, on. Uh, you know, ASU's 14, um, and that's the only poll that matters, people. That's the only poll that matters. Uh, and Alaska is 16. 
So, oh, and, by, and by the way, did I throw this out? The magic number is now 19. What? One? Okay. one? Go ahead. Um, <laughs> so this team is not going to go away. They're not going to be intimidated. Uh, Max Newton is a, a junior that leads their forwards. And Tristan Thompson is a senior that leads their defenseman. That's their two top scorers. Um, like I said, they don't score a lot of goals. Uh, they've got those two guys have three goals uh, in ten games. Uh, they have a bunch of guys that have two and some guys that have one. Um, they're clearly doing it with defense first, or they just don't have a lot of goal scorers because they're not getting outshot like they did on Saturday night in every game. Uh, right. They've had a couple of games where they've gotten outshot like two to one, but for the most part, uh, they've kept those statistics even. So. Uh, between the long travel and this is not your normal travel trip because this is not like going to Boston. Right. Um, this is a lot longer than going to Boston. It's another thousand miles. Um, you're playing on an Olympic sheet and you're playing against a team that's got a lot of confidence right now and they're looking at this as a chance to boost their pairwise ranking so all right big game so, so you painted a picture on how asu will get beat i'm going to paint the picture on how gonna, it, that's not what i said <laughs> what i <I'm> said <laughs> was i'm gonna, I'm gonna paint the picture of how I said ASU was, can win this game you this still weekend. have to take care of business and you can't <laughs> go into these games over <laughs> always get you beat uh, uh I All go right, back ha- to first. have some Diet Mountain Dew to drink while I tell everybody how we can win this weekend, okay? Oh, here's, <laughs> here's how ASU is going to win this weekend. They're going to use the big ice sheet to their advantage. They're going to use their speed to their advantage. They're also going to move the puck, and they're going to use screens in front of the goaltender, uh, i.e. Steen Pashnik, i.e. Logan Genuine, uh, i.e. Uh, James Sanchez, they're going to use those guys, and they're going to move the puck to get the goaltender out of position to get better looks at the net. They stay cannot the yeah, and stay out of the box. They cannot force the puck through like they like to do sometimes and just hope that it goes in. You can't do that. The other thing you can't do against these guys is you can't go wide, fire that wide-angle shot, and let it rim out the other side because it's going to be a breakaway the other way quickly, especially yeah. on Olympic ice. So that's what they're going to have to do. That's what they're going to do. They worked very hard on it today. Coach said this practice, again, was better than the last previous good practice. So he's uh, extremely optimistic. He still comes in and tells me every week when I go, I have a standard thing before we come on the on the camera. I go, uh, so, Coach, anything new? He says, nope. nope. Everything's, everything's good. We're still doing exactly what I want. And then, then my second question to him is, okay, Coach, so – how good is it? Have we peaked yet? Has this team peaked yet? He goes, no, we're not even close. Every time he tells me we're not even close. And I think after we saw Saturday night, if they get any better, and you'll hear with our profile, our pitchfork profile coming up with PJ Morocco, you'll hear what he has to say about that. From inside the locker room, he feels like they haven't peaked yet and that they can be really good. So, Well, listen, uh, as of right now, that's good they haven't peaked yet because their schedule uh, is getting harder in places that you didn't really expect before the start of the season. Right All now, right. the number two team in the pairwise is Omaha, and you yeah. play them just before uh, Harvard. Um, Michigan Tech, um, we'll have save those stories for later. Um, uh, and you have RIT coming into Tempe after the new year. And right now, they're in the top ten in the, in the pairwise. So, uh, not to mention, you're still going to play Clarkson and Wisconsin and Michigan State. Uh, so, their schedule has gotten a little bit harder in places you may not have expected it to. So, it's a good thing they haven't peaked yet because they're going to need to keep playing better. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to throw one more thing out uh, as to why I think they're going to perform, outperform even expectations. And... Going back to Leanne Blinn, I can't even tell you how many times Leanne Blinn's name comes up as the preparation for these guys. 
not only in their strength, but their conditioning, their hockey conditioning. She has them ready to play every night. And I, I've seen a lot of hockey teams, and I have not seen one over the past year and a half with Leanne at the, at the helm that has been this knock on wood healthy because they just don't get hurt. When you're, when you're that well-conditioned, you can take a lot of things that you normally couldn't take if you weren't that well-conditioned. Now, we'll knock on wood and knock on a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> um, and also, maybe we could stop mentioning her name because then maybe people will be like, <laughs> maybe we need to hire her away. Yeah, she ain't leaving. She loves it here. She, she loves her position here. She loves everything Good. about ASU. Good. She's been Me away too. before. She was here. She's been away. She came back. She told me she was never leaving again. So I believe her. Okay. Uh, let's get into the uh, the pitchfork profile with uh, sophomore forward and big-time goal scorer, P.J. Morocco. All around good kid, too. I mean, I actually love talking to P.J. Uh, we lost a little bit of the uh, academic side that we were going to talk about today, but that stuff happens when we're doing with technical stuff, I hear. Um, especially if it's video technical, we tend to lose streams sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right. Enough on that. Let's get into uh, the Pitchfork profile with uh, PJ Morocco, and then you and I will come back and chat about it. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's another Pitchfork profile, so we're here at the Oceanside Locker Room. We've got the sophomore, PJ Morocco. He's still wearing the smile that he had last night, or a couple nights ago after he scored that big short-handed goal. PJ, welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Tell me a little bit about it. You, uh, you steal the puck, you blow past everybody, you rip a shot, and then you celebrate like, hey, you've done it before. You know what? Um, in junior, I think I have, I've had a lot of goals like that. And, um, you know, I've been playing really well the last two games in Air Force. Um, played good the fr Friday night, and I, I felt something coming on. Um, my roommate, Jacob Wilson, had a great, phenomenal weekend. Right. And, I, and I was like, you can't top me. I'm a score better one than you. So, uh, no, it was it was a great goal. Brinson made a great play at the blue line, intercepted that pass, and uh, I've he stepped up on me. I thought I had to chip it by him and right. just got by him and um, changed the angle of shot. Seen Austin Matthews do it a lot. Right. And, uh, yeah, I rip it away, so. Okay, so you've had a couple of, well, a year and a half now of almost of uh, NCAA hockey. Are people forgetting that you're fast? Uh, you know what? The, at, for NCAA hockey, it's, it's a fast game, if, if not a lot of people have watched. Um, I just try to keep up. Right. Um, and I think every day being able to skate with guys like Brinson Pashnuk and try to keep up with those guys in conditioning skates, it just makes you that much better. And, um, seeing what with Leanne and everything she's done, it's it's improved my skating tremendously. I just talked to your coach a few minutes ago. I asked him about you. He said he feels like you've really gotten into your comfort zone now. You feel comfortable on the ice. You know what you can do. You know that you belong out here. Is that something that's taken a little while, or is it something that you've kind of adapted to and now it's just starting to show? Uh, no, definitely. I think you always go through ups and downs. I think last year had a really good freshman year. And then, uh, you know, just coming in the summer, competitive team right now, and just trying to find a place. Yeah. And uh, so, no, definitely feeling more comfortable now, feeling great, um, getting a great opportunity to play with two tremendous players right now. So um, just trying to do everything to help those guys and, and keep going uh, from the great weekend we had last weekend. All right, your coach also told me that you're one of the players and one of the few players he's got on his roster that he feels he can move you up and down the lineup and you'll fit anywhere. You got thrown into a position and we lost Demetrius in the, uh, in the first period of Friday night. You had to move up to that top line with, uh, with Johnny and, and James. Um, tell me what you brought to that line. Uh, I think just speed and work ethic. Yeah. Um, obviously, those are two skilled guys. and I, I definitely believe I have a skilled game where I can play with those guys but I could also work hard and go to war for those guys in the corners and get the pucks for them and um, just create open ice for them with my speed, which, uh, which really helped them. Coach told me last week that he thought that this, uh, this team has got a lot of improving to do. They can be a lot better. 
and you look at your record right now and you're you're well above 500 and you're playing well what happens if you guys continue to improve and get better what's going to happen to this roster i think it's scary to see yeah. how good we're going to be um you know with new faces coming in it's always a transition period right but uh i feel like our practices our pace has been just improving every day and i think that just comes with being comfortable out there with one another and um, we're really starting to feel like a team. Yeah. And uh, they only say that we're only in November. Right. And, th and we're, we're a solid base team right now. And uh, like you said, five and three. And uh, af after this weekend and hopefully by Christmas, we'll be looking at a great record so far. Okay. I know you guys take one game at a time. So this weekend it's uh, Alaska Fairbanks. You're heading up there to play on the road. Coach told me also that last weekend he told you guys after Friday that win meant nothing if you didn't win Saturday. This week he told me that those wins this last weekend don't mean anything unless you take care of business in Fairbanks. So what's on your mind right now? Is it still Friday night? What do you do? Are you thinking about the whole weekend? No, absolutely. I Personally, it's just that first five minutes of the first period against uh, Fairbanks. Um, you know, it's going to be a long travel day tomorrow, and those first five minutes are so important. Um, you just want to be getting into the game, get your legs into the game. And uh, But I feel like if, uh, if we have the same outing that we did last weekend, we have no problem. You know, you can play anywhere. Do you have a preference where you want to play, what line you want to play on? I mean, everybody wants to get the most ice time they can, but do you, is there a place that you feel like you fit better? Uh, honestly, personally, I would say just anywhere around the top nine. Okay. Um, you know, even when I was at the start of the year playing with Steen and Dom, um, playing on that heavy line, heavy mitts. Um, no, uh, like, I mean, it was it was great playing with those guys, and I mean, we're so deep. Yeah. It, there's no one first line, second line. It's 12 forwards that whoever is going is going. And uh, just to make the 12 four top 12 forwards is, is uh, amazing. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refind your prime with M-Drive. All right, Paul Hornstein, you had a chance to listen to uh, my visit with uh, P.J. Morocco, our profile, pitchfork profile. I'm having a hard time with Townsend. I must be getting late or something. I wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway, P.J. Morocco sat in with us. Uh, you know, I bounced around. Who, who do I want this week? Who should we get? And Logan Genuine came to my mind right away because of his success and the way things came. But P.J.'s performance, stepping into that role, Friday night, and then again, enhancing that performance Saturday night, he, he made that like a, a no-brainer to me. I thought he was a guy we had to have. So give me your thoughts on PJ's comments. Well, you know, listen, he's still smiling from the weekend he had. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, that goal he scored on Saturday night uh, was a thing of beauty on, on both ends, both um, his quick uh, race to the puck, and just going down that 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 left side and just like I said, I don't think the goalie's moved yet. So um, it was a great shot, and I know when I when he scored, it kind of took my breath away. So I can only imagine, you know, what he uh, was feeling like after that. And um, listen, you know, winning makes you happy. I don't know if you you saw the picture that I, that Zach got of uh, PJ going to the bench, but if you think he was happy, he was extremely happy. But it took like two or three seconds for the rest of the bench to explode in happiness because I don't think they expected what we all saw. They were still think... on the bench. He got over to the bench and he's raising his arms, and you can just see it from behind where Zach got the photo. The guys on the bench are looking at him like, "What did you just do?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and the sad part about that it was shortly after that that 
that Justin Robbins got his finger caught. And, and again, that's a just a really inopportune thing. What what may turn out if you can find something good out of this? Coach Powers alluded to it in the power in the Powers play was that they are going to apply for a med, uh, radical, med, med, medical medical red shirt, red shirt for Justin, you which means that he could be around an extra year. So that could mean really good things because I think Coach Powers is really high on that kid being a, a goaltender here for a while. Well, let, let's hope that it works out. Um, and as long as you brought it up, um, you know, I'm not the guy here that is uh, into the self-promotion. But uh, and, and I know very little about photography other than that I can't take pictures. Um, <laughs> um, but if you have not checked out the... Uh, Ice Time SW uh, Instagram account and seeing some of the shots that uh, Zach has gotten uh, in the last couple of weeks. You need to see some of these shots. They are outstanding. Um, and he does a tremendous, tremendous job. Uh, I know we always uh, like to make sure we give a shout out to Terry for all the work that she does. But uh, as far as that Instagram account is concerned, Zach just got some great great shots over the weekend well and if you don't see them on instagram and you want to go to facebook i do put about 40 pictures up every night every game night on facebook as well so go to the ice time hockey sw facebook page and you can see all of those shots uh, he gives me about i don't know maybe 60 of his best shots every game and i can put maybe 40 of them up and i try to spread them out and put them up at different times just to keep things fresh and lively but yeah absolutely i'll give you a little behind the scenes i saw him saturday before the game and he said like he normally does he'll come up and say hey who do you want what am i looking for tonight uh, and i said hey another great job friday night he goes you know what i didn't know what i had he said i, I didn't think i had anything really good and i'm going like oh come on you always get it and and for those that don't shoot photography let me give you a little backdrop on what it's like to shoot photography. See, I don't know. I'm, I'm horrible at it. Okay. That's well, a standard still. At the NHL level, there's cutouts in the glass where they right. put the camera through the cutout in the corners, different places, right. and they can get clear, clear crisp shots. Right. Zach has to shoot above, over, or pick out a spot on the glass that's not scratched to get those shots. Yeah. It's not an easy task. Also take into consideration that there are no camera wells, places for him, really. He's no. got to kind of fight with the general public in that building because it's so small. And, the sh I mean, the shots that he gets they're are out there phenomenal. They, they are. really are. They really are. Okay. We, we beat that up pretty good. We, we beat him on the back now, so he probably won't be able to even stand straight tomorrow. But sorry about <laughs> that, Zach. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he's also a top-notch designer. Let me throw you that out. You're going to see some banners that, that he – created for us. He, he's done a wonderful job on that as well, so we'll give him some more credit on that in the future uh, starting next week with the Pitchfork profile and the, uh, the five-minute powers play. So look for those coming up. Um, let's see. I, I don't want to end tonight until we talk about uh, a little bit of sadness, but I know that he doesn't take it as sadness. A good friend of ours, uh, Hiroki Wakabayashi with uh, World Hockey Labs, tender uh, Japanese descent came over here with Boris Dorzenko, who, if you don't know who Boris is, you should, because he has been the skating instructor for Austin Matthews and uh, Hector Mahul, who's known as the fastest skater in the world from Mexico and now playing in Europe. Johnny Walker, he's working with Johnny's younger stepbrother. Anybody that wants to learn how to skate and do it properly, Boris Dorzenko's man, he's the one who took Hiroki over here and brought him in as part of this program. Right. Hiroki travels around the world doing goaltending and hockey seminars and um, really sad news he got from the doctor. He wasn't feeling well. He's got a rare uh, form of blood cancer. And I can't even get the word out as to yeah, I can't what it is. It's, it's just, it's just terrible. Uh, yeah. Hiroki's not a big gentleman to start with. Um, so I know he's got a real battle on his hands um, fighting it. He's determined to fight it. He's determined to beat it. Um, as you can see, my beard is, is starting to grow out because it's Men's Health Month. Uh, no shave, no shave for me, and I dedicate every year to a no shave uh, month of November. Uh, this year, Hiroki Wakabayashi, our, our guy. My, um, so 
we're trying to do everything we can. I know he's got a friend that's setting up a GoFundMe account. I'll have more information for that next week. Um, they're also going to play a benefit game between the uh, Desert Youth Hockey Association coaches, the Daha coaches at Oceanside on December 18th against the NHL night team right. uh, as a fundraiser. Um, we've picked up the ball on it. We're, uh, we're going to be doing some wristbands that will uh, be available very shortly. They're going to say, with any luck at all, in American and Japanese, Hiroki's helping hands. Um, so that's what we're, we're shooting for from that end of it. The other thing we're going to do, and we'll give you more information on that as soon as we've got it all ready, is that I'm looking out to, uh, to as many NHLers, college teams, anywhere I can to get jerseys to uh, put on eBay. So my goal is 50 jerseys. It's a lofty one. I'd like to see them. I'd like to be able to get 50 jerseys from people because this is a great cause for a great man that's probably going to miss a solid year. They're anticipating a solid year that he won't be able to work. Uh, doing yeah, his job or, on the ice, or so more. or more, and that's just that's just if the outcome, you know, is what we expect. So, we've all been touched by it. You've been touched by it, Paul, personally, and yeah. And like I told you today off camera, I said I wish I could have done more at that point. Um, you had no you know idea, what? but what you did. Uh, so yeah, I have an I have an idea, but it, it, it's uh, you know, I don't know what else to say, but you know, keep uh, Hiroki in your prayers and thoughts, and and let's. Let's go help him out the best we can. Let's bring the hockey family together. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, I don't know how you take off from that point. You um, don't. But that being said, I know Hiroki wants us to do the show and go on from there. So I will say that uh, the, the, uh, the good news is is that we're going we're gonna to have more hockey. And Hiroki's yeah. always going to be a part of it. He's going to be watching, listening, and uh, giving his opinion. If you've ever seen Hiroki's work, you have to see it. He breaks down stats on goaltending like I have never seen in my life. Uh, I don't incredible. even want to get that. that uh, we're not even going to get into that. Uh, so I, I know Hiroki would like the, the laugh on that because uh, I've had him on a couple of times, and uh, he's always a, a fun-loving uh, individual. He jokes about his Japanese heritage and misunderstanding and mispronouncing some words. And I, I always tell him a bad time because I say, if I went to Japan, I'd need you with me because I couldn't communicate anything so you do a heck of a job here in the u.s anyway so we'll step off from that we'll wrap things up today by saying the arizona state sun devils are headed to alaska fairbanks for a weekend series which will be late night um i think yeah Hornstein is already getting tuned in though for a stream because he's ready to watch every minute of it i uh, usually eight, do when do I they usually... start about 11 p.m 11 o'clock 11 o'clock uh, <laughs> <laughs> So the boys are headed up there tomorrow. They've got an early travel day. Uh, get used to that Olympic ice sheet, and then hopefully uh, come back to the sweep. They hopefully. enter the uh, the event at uh, five, three, and zero, oh, yep. which um, is is good. We want them to be there. As I threw it out, that the uh, the magic number in my book is nineteen. Now we've gone from twenty four to nineteen. So. Let's just keep racking up wins. About. I know you only know one word. It's one. One. Uh, the other thing I also found on my Facebook account today was it was one year ago today that I started Johnny for Hobie. So guess what tomorrow brings? The start of Johnny for Hobie 2020. Yes, 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 Mr. Walker. You're listening. Unplug your ears. You know the kid's a candidate. You know that he's going to get it done. Johnny Walker, Johnny for Hobie 2020. Starts now. Let's thank the sponsors. Got to do that and wrap things up because Paul Hornson's got to get to bed. He's got work in the morning. I try to avoid that. <laughs> so our thanks to uh, Behind the Mask, as always, our friends over at College Bar and Grill where we'll be tomorrow night doing a hockey talk again, returning in November. So uh, a lot of ASU stuff tomorrow, Paul. Um, and, and some exciting news from Brendan Shaw is coming in to talk with us tomorrow live on the really? show. Nice. And and also uh, ASU's ACHA D1 team, which is making noise. National tournament bound right now. Uh, headed to Dallas in March. So uh, shout out to Tate Green and the boys for doing a great job over there. Uh, Oceanside Ice Arena, who is always behind us, always helping us out with our in-locker room stuff. Yep, very nice um, of them. Also some new jerseys coming your way, Paul. I understand this week the uh, black and the gold will become available. Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta. 
black or gray. I'm not sure which one it is. Because I can't tell from the picture. I think uh, it's black. but Black. Black is and gold. Black? Okay. black and gold. So it's white, maroon, black, gold. That's at this point. Um, they're coming out. More stuff coming out. So get over to the ocean side. I'm going uh, to approach up. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, we got to thank our friends up at the Ice Den Scottsdale. We'll be up there in a week from tomorrow for uh, a hockey talk up in Scottsdale. Um, our other uh, corporate partners with the ACHA D1 team at ASU and the ACHA team at the University of Arizona. Well, excuse me. La, not la, la, not la, U of A, la, la, U Arizona. U Arizona. Now that's more like U of A. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we give a shout out to all of them. I miss them, my friends at M Drive. They did a wonderful job. Um, I mean, who am I missing? Paul, we've got everybody Oxy that I can Powell. think of. Oxy Powell. Of course, we can't miss them on our fantastic Fridays. Uh, I was I there for us. Yeah, so we're we're rocking and rolling. Uh, it's getting late, folks. We appreciate you staying with us for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Stay tuned for more hockey action. Um, I think I'll let you know what numbers to put on those jerseys. Uh, oh well, when when you when you buy them for me. Oh, the magic numbers I'm going to put on there for you. They're going to be interchangeable. Really? You can oh, take see, one now off. that that I could go for. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> All right, Paul Hornstein, have a great week. Let's get a couple more Sun Devil wins. Let's come back and talk next week when we're 7-3-0. All right, we'll see what happens. Good night, folks. Good night.